It's January 6, 2021, and Happy New Year. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, uh, we'll have Manu May Singh, who is from Purple Maya, and he's here to tell us about the upcoming spring classes. And then we'll be joined by Rich Wacker, president of American Savings Bank, and Ed Sniffin, Deputy Director over at the Department of Transportation, and we'll talk about innovation and predictions for 2021. And of course, first up, I want to welcome Manu May Singh, who's over at Purple Maya, and he's here to tell us about some classes that are coming up. Uh, that's their sort of spring coding classes for students. Welcome to the show, Manu. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Bert. So, so yeah, um, yeah. Tell us about these classes coming oh, up. Sorry, go on. Tell us about these classes coming up. Yep, we've got a variety of classes. Um, so they're for uh, a variety of age groups, uh, um, ideally sixth grade and up, but if you have younger students, that's fine too. So uh, one class is called Squid Ink, where students will learn how to create 3D models for gaming using Blender and Unity. There's a, cla- a, class, ca- a class called Code Halmana. Students will learn Olelo Hawaii uh, and JavaScript foundations. Uh, there's a class called Digital Kiai, which will talk about social media, uh, Mauna Kea and archiving uh, and building camp digital campaigns. Yeah, that's, uh, we have a class. Oh, no, that's great. That's great. So uh, a lot of and you know <clears throat> I've been following uh, Purple Maya for for a while, and I love the the intersection between Hawaiian culture and and technology. So all of these classes have that element kind of woven into it. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. So we we make an effort to make sure that there is some sort of cultural. Uh, indigenous element from the islands with uh, synthesized with tech technology, uh, and sometimes that happens with art, with music, or just plain coding. Mm-hmm. And in terms of these classes that you've uh, described, are they uh, specific to an age group, or any age could could participate? I, uh, ideally, uh, most of them are uh, sixth grade and up, mm-hmm. but some of them, like uh, we have a Minecraft for girls class that's open only to girls, and we're accepting fourth grade students. Um, others, uh, we have a story building with apps course, and we really recommend it for um, older students, like seventh grade through high school. Mm-hmm. What about the one that's a web development and entrepreneurship? So that one is actually open from sixth grade and up. But having said that, if we have a passionate fifth grader or fourth grader who really wants to learn web development and entrepreneurship, we will take them. And and at that le- at that grade, at you know, let's say sixth grade, even fifth grade. I mean, what 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 can you convey about uh, entrepreneurship? Uh, I think there's a lot that we can convey. Um, a lot of these courses, and this one particularly, is hands on. Mm-hmm. So we'll have guest speakers talking about perhaps their entrepreneurial journey. Um, we'll look at case studies, and then students will work on building maybe a business model or um, building a website, right? And just thinking about what. Uh, Entrepreneurship means is in a digital space, but that is also um, Pono, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. And and in terms of uh, your outreach, I mean, how do you how do you reach out for potential students? Are you in touch with particular schools, or do they already know the program and are calling you up? Uh, it's a bit of both. We have lots of returning students and lots of new students. Um, we outreach through social media. I email students directly and their parents. Uh, we email schools. And anyone can go to our website, purplemaya.org, backslash inana, I-N-A-N-A, and sign up. So, and, and, uh, and Manu, you know, when, when having these classes, and, you know, uh, I'm sure you're, 
kind of following some of the students? I mean, do you have any sort of a, uh, examples of some some success stories that have taken the class and gone on to do something interesting? Uh, yeah, we, we had a really, so yes, we have, we've got some students over in Maui who are really pushing entrepreneurship and they've been learning, these students have been really learning how to pitch. They're still pretty young. They're still in middle school, but mm-hmm. they're really passionate about entrepreneurship. Um, we also had a student who's going off to college who was our student for three years, then our intern, and then working with us part-time. And he remade um, the Hawaiian bowling game, Ula Maika, mm-hmm. uh, for VR. So you play it with your phone, but it's like Pokemon Go. All right, great. Now, uh, these courses, they, they start up pretty soon, right? Yep. So courses start uh, in two weeks, uh, the week of January 20th. So last, next week is really the last week to really sign up. Okay, so uh, and in terms of uh, how many you know, seats are available, I mean, are you limited to the, the number of participants? Uh, we are. Um, we're trying to keep under uh, trying to keep each course under fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them are almost all of them actually are almost all filled. So we really encourage if if uh, teachers are interested or students are interested to sign up ASAP. And and uh, is there a, is there a cost to this? No, it's all free. Oh, okay. So well, <laughs> yeah. All okay. free, but first come, first serve, and we really ask that you just respect everyone's time. Yeah, no, I, I, I get you. So, uh, so Manu, where's the, what's the website again? Uh, purplemaya.org um, and then backslash Inana. Got, got it. I'll put that up on our show notes for later on tonight. Thanks, uh, Manu, for joining us. Yep, thanks so much for having me. And, of course, we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Rich Wacker and, and Ed Sniffen, and we'll talk about innovation and challenges for 2021. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Ekahi Health, Ulupono Initiative, and The Hub Coworking Hawaii. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Now I am super happy to welcome Rich Wacker, president of American Savings Bank, as well as Ed Sniffen, Deputy Director over at the Department of Transportation, and we're here to talk about challenges facing Hawaii and our path forward into 2021. And I want to welcome you both to Bite Marks Cafe. Aloha, Bert. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much for having me here. Yeah, so, you know, um, for 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 both of you, I mean, I I, I picked people that I, I, I know are, are really kind of uh, moving moving the needle, you know, <laughs> pushing the envelope. And and uh, just for you know some of the uh, things that I know that you've both been involved in. So with uh, Rich Wacker, I know you've been involved really heavily in the uh, Aloha Connects Innovation Program. And and Ed, I I, I know you from uh, Department of Transportation. People are thinking, oh, how come you got a road guy on the on the show? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but and, and and Ed, I'm gonna give you a chance to you know kind of fill in the details. But you know, Ed Ed, uh, in my mind, he 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 made some great strides with uh, you know. You're using the H3, I mean, that's that's super innovative, using the H3 <laughs> as a way to do, uh, uh, um, you know, COVID testing. And, and so that was, like, super pushing the envelope. So, you know, I kind of wanted to, to get people who have already been pushing the envelope uh, through uh, this, this uh, pandemic. And, and how do they see continuing to do innovative things into 2021? So anyway, I, I want to, you know, I want to give both of you to, uh, both of you a chance to maybe... 
uh, clean up my my <laughs> my mm-hmm. introduction for both of you. So so Rich, go ahead and kind of recollect maybe some of the things that you um, can 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 call back to in 2020 that uh, were highlights. Yeah, it's, it's, 2020 was a heck of a year, and it's sometimes hard to find the highlights in it. But, but if we go back, I think, you know, it's the, the best parts we're watching the community pull together uh, to try to, to help Hawaii, right, uh, deal with the, the impact of the pandemic and the shutdown of the economy and all that. And, and it was really impressive, uh, so many ways that uh, – that people pulled together to try to make make things easier on the rest of our our fellow uh, islanders and and so you know I look back on on things like the banking sector really working around the clock to try to make sure we got the PPP funds in for for the business the paycheck protection program funds in for the businesses uh, in Hawaii so that they could keep people in their jobs and uh, and and work on different activities with the chamber and the business roundtable and the uh, ex- Hawaii executive collaborative and, and other organizations to work with the government to try to get business activity, protect the business activity that was there and try to keep the economy opened up. Uh, because for me, as we look at 2021, the most important thing is getting people into jobs and, and getting the economy opened up again, or, or we're, we're, uh, that's what we've got to accomplish as we go into this year. Great. And I'll, I'll, uh, I'll ask you some questions about the Aloha Connects uh, Innovation Program, but I want to give Ed a chance to sort of uh, harken back to 2020 and, and some of the challenges that, that we all faced and, and some of the ideas that you came up with to really kind of push the envelope. Oh, thank you. Uh, 2020 was a tough year. Um, the economic conditions that we found ourselves in because of the pandemic were absolutely horrendous. I would never wish that on anybody at any time. Mm-hmm. But that being said, um, the year gave us a lot of opportunities. There are a lot of initiatives that we're trying to push forward on that didn't quite make sense previously, but makes total sense now. Once the pandemic hit and once uh, we decided that we needed to social distance, we put up, um, 350 people on telework immediately. Mm-hmm. That was unheard of for, for a government before, but it, it made total sense at this time. We're getting more productivity out of them now um, than ever before, so I'm never going to bring them back. I mean, those 350 will stay on telework forever. That's great. So for us, yeah, and for us, so we use the opportunities that, that the situation gave us. There's a lot of deferred maintenance that we couldn't get to because of impact to drivers, but when we're down 40% on, on traffic, we extended all lane closures. We got um, as many people to work as possible to get as many improvements on the roadway as we could throughout. And we all know that uh, we cannot build ourselves out of congestion. So we started pushing forward on a lot of intelligent um, transportation technology, a lot of high technology in our system to ensure that the, op- the system operates better. The system that we have, without widening it, operates much better than it does now. Hopefully they get everything ready uh, for everybody before they come back to work. Mm-hmm. And Ed, you know, uh, being in the Department of Transportation, I mean, that's probably one of the bigger departments in the state uh, and and the ideas that that you've uh, put forth. I mean, how how did you kind of get the the um, the organization to really embrace them? I mean, was it was it a challenge? Did everybody say, yeah, let's do it? I mean, how how did you convince people that this is the thing that we got to do? Oh, you know, it, it was it was amazing. The, the the Department of Transportation personnel have been tremendous. They totally understood. I mean, all of us know somebody who got laid off from their jobs. Mm-hmm. All of us know somebody who's struggling at this time financially. And all of them knew that all of their touches 
would help everybody in the economic recovery, whether it's putting somebody back to work now, whether it's improving their connectivity to their opportunities in the future, or whether it's setting up opportunities for them in the future. Everybody understood that and jumped in headfirst. I mean, we, we, everybody went and made sure that they jumped in and every, everybody did what they're supposed to do and even more. So our system is in way better shape than it, would, it was before. We put more money into, into the economy than we did before. Mm-hmm. And we have $200 million in projects that are ready, ready to go if additional funding comes through. We also did a really good job of lobbying for additional funding. So we're going to get $80 million over and above our normal authority with the federal government to ensure that we can put money into our economy here. Well, I'm definitely going to talk about that $80 because uh, that, that's something that uh, you and I have talked about, and I think you have some great ideas for that. Now, now, Rich, uh, with uh, Aloha Connects Innovation, that was a program that uh, was uh, quite quite uh, an innovative program that started sometime around, I think, maybe uh, May, June, but actually didn't really kick off because there were some delays in, in rolling it out, but you know my my um my read on it as a result of uh, its completion over the course of 2020 was that it was it was a significant and very uh widely recognized innovative program uh, amongst uh, a lot of the programs across the country i mean this was like pointed yeah. out as being one of the most innovative yeah we i think we had two great programs so as to your point we started in may we knew that it was going to be uh, an, an ugly year, as, as Ed was saying. And so we started trying to come up with ways that we could take advantage of some of the CARES funding and try to make sure people were working because, you know, we had a, more than 100,000 people out of work. And we know that the hospitality industry is going to come back, but it's not going to come back fast enough for to and it may not absorb all of those people as it comes back so so we've got a lot of people who are going to need to find a new career and and need to position themselves for a new uh, a new future and so the the aloha connects innovation was a way to to instead of just paying people unemployment to to be not occupied at home and and trying to figure out how on earth they were going to separate themselves from everybody else for for the jobs coming up. It was a way of getting them experience for uh, anywhere from from eight to 12 weeks uh, with companies in the in the non-hospitality sector, in the in the uh, innovative sectors that we talk about a lot that can be the part of the future of Hawaii and get them real on the job experience with with companies. Uh, to position themselves to to build new skills, to get familiar with new industries and new businesses, and we got more than 500 people uh, into more than I think it was a, the end result was more than 200 companies uh, took on one or two or three people. In some cases, uh, like for game developing, uh, they took on more than a dozen people and gave them uh, experience in that sector, and it was. Um, it was actually quite economical. It was about $5 million, uh, which uh, it, it sounds like uh, a lot of money, but it, it was not much more than what they would have gotten if they'd just been on unemployment. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, so for for the, the, the benefit of giving them the connection, getting them out, making them feel like they're working on improving their, their, their viability and their competitiveness and for supporting the companies that are working in this innovation space, uh, we think it was a really terrific program. 
So if I could quickly mention, sure. there was a parallel program on the the, the, uh, the green economy side too. This uh, Kupu Inacor uh, that put more than 350 people back to work as well, uh, working on projects uh, in 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 the environment and supporting cleaning up the. Uh, whether it was invasive species, improving water quality, working on fish ponds, all the things that help our environment come that makes it even better when the hospitality and tourism does return too. So the, there were two sides of a coin that we tried to, to drive. And, and uh, the Aloha Connects Innovation was led by the Economic Development Alliance of Hawaii and, and the Economic Development Boards on, on all the islands. No, and, and and that was a great program. The partnership was uh, tremendous, and and I I actually was able to participate in that, uh, uh, and and even even Ultras, who was the sort of the employment side of things, uh, uh, really were were excellent. I mean, they were very quick, and and the the system was almost uh, seamless to to implement. Yeah, that's what I'm when I said at the start to see so many people pulling together to try to to help. I mean, people didn't make money on on this. Uh, you know, this was a, a really trying to find ways to help out fellow fellow uh, uh, unemployed people and, and try to get them back. Altros was an amazing partner uh, for the group. The the companies that stepped up to host uh, some of these jobs. Uh, you know, it was it was uh, amazing to see. We had people stepping up to help train. That said, you know, people need new skills. We'll we'll volunteer to help train. It, it was really uh, really encouraging. Now, now, Rich, you know, I <clears throat> I kind of want to do ask you about uh, what do you see happening uh, in terms of uh, phase phase two, perhaps of of Aloha Connects Innovation, and and what may be the pathway for some of the people that participated in it. Uh, but what we want to do is we want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this uh, short break to continue our conversation with Rich Wacker, president of American Savings Bank, and Ed Sniffen, deputy director over at the Department of Transportation. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, uh, we're talking to Rich Wacker, president of American Savings Bank, and Ed Sniffen, deputy director over at the Department of Transportation. We're talking about innovation and the future of Hawaii. And, of course, right before the break, uh, uh, Rich, you're you're talking about the Aloha Connects Innovation Program, and and I know that uh, that you know a lot of people went through it. It it uh, basically ended in in December, end of December. And and there must have been some some interesting you know lessons learned as a result of it. And what can people or what what can we do to uh, see the continued path of you know any of those opportunities? I mean, does another federal program need to come into play, or or are there other ways that people can take advantage of what they've learned and and perhaps you know kind of kind of get a get bootstrapped uh, in terms of uh, involvement in the innovation economy. Yeah, it's a great question. Um certainly we're we're on the lookout if uh, with the new CARES Act and stimulus bill if there's money that's available to continue it. I think there is a the infrastructure set up it would be it would be easy to to continue it and and we you know there's more companies that signed up to to take people than we were able to place with 
just because we ran out of funds. There were hundreds more uh, people that signed up for jobs that, that wanted to do it, but we ran out of, again, the ability to do it. Uh, you know, uh, the, the administration and the legislature were particularly supportive uh, once this, once we got traction with this. And so I think we're, we're looking uh, for ways with, even uh, with state funds, if there's an ability to, to do it. And part of what we're trying to uh, ascertain now is were people able to land jobs as a result of the, the, the program and hang on with the companies that they were exposed to. And, and if we can show that it's that it's turning into placements and skill development and, and making people more employable, then I think we can demonstrate that it's it's worthy funding. And it's certainly better than just uh, unemployment, uh, you know, getting people to work, having them active and productively engaged is, I think, the best thing that we can do. Great. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to have a, a follow-up conversation with uh, with. Omar and and Pono Shim, who who both were very much involved with Aloha Connects uh, next week, so yeah, <laughs> we'll get into uh, get into some more detail as to how uh, we'll see kind of the the evolution of the program. Now, Ed, um, you know your your Department of Transportation, you've got uh, uh, a lot of um, you know not only innovative ideas, but you you had mentioned uh, and I kind of picked up on this eighty million dollars. I mean, you you know you have a lot of infrastructure and and you have an opportunity to do some pretty interesting things and of course you know I'm 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 kind of speaking um you know selfishly because I'm I'm the broadband guy but uh I love some of your ideas <laughs> and I wanted to give you a chance to maybe you know share some of those uh things that could potentially happen as a result of infrastructure and and some money of course you know for us we as everybody knows highway touches everything and everybody touches highways we we depend on it tremendously for everything and especially so for for infrastructure for us, we've been putting up um, adaptive signal technology throughout our system to ensure that our system works better, to make sure that we can green out things 60% of the time, make sure we can manage things remotely at any of the intersections that we touch. But right now, we don't touch them all. We don't have connectivity to all of our systems. We don't have a connectivity to all of our county systems. So our intent is to push a connectivity, a broadband, a wireless connectivity throughout the whole state to connect all of our state and county roads up to ensure we can put signals wherever we want, we can control them wherever we want, we can put cameras wherever we want, or um, data collection devices anywhere on the system because they're all connected. And they're all ready for connected and autonomous vehicle technology in the future. All that data exchange is going to be ready once we build out this system. But as we all know, the broadband connectivity um, discussion or need is much bigger in areas outside of highways with DOE, with, um, with our economic development side. All of the different communities that are underserved need those services now. Our intent is to push this connectivity project that connects all of our state roads up into communities, into all the communities that we serve, to ensure that we can increase the broadband capability or or the the services to areas that don't don't have it at this time. We're going to be pushing five to ten pilots immediately to start touching the highest need areas for DBET and economic development to ensure, I mean, for Department of Education and, and DBET, to ensure that we start connecting people to make sure that they can learn from home or work from home. Ensure that everybody can start taking, taking care of themselves better and, and that, um, that, that human right that broadband is right now is provided to all of our, our people. And That's and, not necessarily within the highway's um, purview or wherewithal, but it is. Because our job is to make sure that we connect everybody to goods and services and opportunities. And today, those goods and services and opportunities are not just available physically, 
uh, they got to be able to connect virtually. I love it. I, I mean, this is kind of like the the big audacious uh, challenge, and and you know, given the the position you're in and the role you play, uh, just the just the mere fact that extending you know the infrastructure beyond, let's say, state roads, right? I mean, if, if somebody asked me, uh, Bert, what what does the state of Hawaii have kind of jurisdiction over in terms of roads? I would say, well, you know, the freeways. But from what you're describing, I mean, you have the capability of actually extending this far into rural communities. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to ride the state and county networks to ensure that we connect everything. That's the whole intent. The great thing about, about 2020, if we can say it's a great thing, mm-hmm. is, it, is it showed us that there's no way for government to be able to service the community the way we should um, by staying within our jurisdiction. No way. There's right. got to be multi, multi-agencies getting involved with each other to ensure that we look at all the needs to fulfill the priorities that the governor and the, and the legislature have said this out there. Mm-hmm. All of them said you education, know. environment, housing, economy, quality of life are all of our high priorities. So it doesn't matter if I do roads. If there's, if there's an initiative that can hit those metrics, we're going to do it. That's the way we have, to, we have to be able to service everybody from now on. No, that's great. And, and uh, Rich, Rich, I mean, I, I hear you wanting to say yeah. something. Yeah, no, and I think, you know, this, this is an important one because, you know, clearly the way education gets delivered, the way companies work, the way people are trained, the way people go to school, it all has changed, right? And the, the, it's actually creating a new market for digital media creation and, you know, the, the, the tools and, and materials by which people learn and do all those things. And it's actually an area that Hawaii is pretty strong in digital media creation. And it's, it's an area that we could, if we've got a, a, a citizenry and, a, and, and the whole state wired, you know, people will have the opportunity to, to find work and to, and to build businesses doing that. And, and I think, exactly. you know, the broadband infrastructure is an important piece of it. And, and yeah, I, I just want to give, I want to give Ed credit. Um, you know, you, you, I don't know if you know about what he did as well with uh, uh, Carbon Cure, where he, again, found a way of, of providing a, a test opportunity for a new technology that re- will help reduce the carbon footprint uh, because in, in, concrete and, and laying roads. And, and Ed, again, really took a chance um, in, in taking a unique approach to developing or proving out technology in Hawaii that, that he didn't have to do. And I, I really give him a lot of credit for looking at his, oblig- at his role and leadership of the state to, to take these kinds of things on. So I, kudos to you, Ed, for, for what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much, Rich. And, you know, for us, we... Um, we we know, as, as we all know, money follows leaders. If Hawaii can be seen as leaders in certain areas, additional funding will follow it. Um, we know we cannot lead in manufacturing. We, it just doesn't pan out for us. But we can definitely lead in environment, uh, sustainability, and res- uh, resiliency. And we can definitely lead in, lead in technology. So we can set ourselves up, our state up, for, this, for that type of leadership. During a time when uh, the situation um, makes it a priority, we could really set ourselves up for success for, for the near future. Well, you know, Ed, I mean, uh, <laughs> I love what you guys are talking about, Rich, both of you. I know you guys are great champions for innovation and, and obviously 
uh, you know, I didn't have to pay you to say things about broadband. So, you know, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's like music to my ears. Now, unfortunately, we have only like 10 seconds. And I, I will put up some links to, uh, you know, your, your guys' profiles and, and, and where people can, can learn more about the projects that you guys are both involved in. So uh, I do want to mahalo you guys both for all the great work. And, and this, this half hour went by too fast. Rich Wacker is the president of American Savings Bank. And Ed Stiffen is the deputy director of the Department of Transportation. And, of course, I want to thank them greatly for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week when we'll talk about the lessons learned from the Aloha Connects Innovation Program. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. Or you can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You stay safe, stay awesome, and we'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you.